episode 51, ladies and gentlemen, and this is a really special show, I think. We've got uh, a special guest for you, a special guest interview, and um, it's going to be Kirsten Adamson. And we were able to speak with her um, for a good good chunk of time about her new album. And, and I say we, but it was really me because my co-host here, Svein from Norway, uh, was unable to join because of work-related um, issues. But he did join at the end. So, Svein, welcome. Thank you. I'm here at the, the very beginning and the very end. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are, we are obviously recording this after the interview has taken place. But, uh, yeah, we had to do it early in the morning. Um, Early for me, 5.30 my time, but, you know, I'm committed to the show. I set my alarm. I got up, and uh, who wouldn't get up to speak with Kirsten Adamson, especially who's a, who, who's not a big country fan? So, But Svine wasn't able to join us until the very end, and, and you kind of popped in there at the end of the, of the interview. I did, like a jack-in-the-box. I appeared. <laughs> you know, that's fine. We only really need one of us to have a conversation, and uh, we had one. And for two minutes at the end, we had two of us. So just wait for that. I'm sure it's the best question. I haven't yet heard the full interview, but uh, <laughs> I came in at the end to give it like the perfect well, dot well, over the eye. Well, you know, you say that, but it's odd that as soon as you came in, like within a couple of minutes, she left. She left the show, and we had so much more to ask her. <laughs> that's fine. You're but, still here. Yes. For the time being. Yeah, that's true. But hey, without without further ado, we'll get into the, the interview, and we'll come back at the end and talk about it. Um but it's it centers a lot about Kirsten's new album, her self-titled album, and it's something that uh, if you haven't gotten it, I really highly suggest that you do. I think it's a fantastic album, and we'll be talking about each track, as well as uh, a little bit about her background and, and a couple of little big country tidbits at the end that we managed to get in. So here's Kirsten Adamson. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Hey, it's it's, it's an honor to talk to you. <laughs> Don't be silly. No, definitely, <laughs> definitely, and uh, I really appreciate it. And and oh, you're no, it's cool. And you're right there on time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> yes. That's well. That's that's great. We're so glad that we were able to to hook this up finally. And just to let you know, I have a co-host that I, that I do this show with, who's from Norway. Mm-hmm. He's not able to join us at the moment, but he may be popping in at some point during the conversation. But he had something going on with his work and wasn't able to to do it. But uh, hopefully, it, it, if somebody joins unexpectedly, that would be him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just wanted to let you know. And it, what time is it with you? It's uh, five thirty a.m. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I was just gonna say, you know, pardon me if I if it takes me a moment to kind of really get in no, gear. that's but fine. That's I, fine. <laughs> I've been up for a few minutes, so I think I'm ready to go. But. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just made a coffee. This is early for a musician as well. <laughs> Ten thirty. I'm actually one as well, and uh, so yes, I <laughs> I know how that earlier. works. <laughs> yes, no, but that's that's fine. <laughs> Believe me, some things are worth getting up for. This was certainly one of them too. So we've been, <laughs> okay. We've been trying to get you on the show for a while, so this is great. I know, I know. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Well, I, I guess the best place to start then is first of all, congratulations on your your on your album. I mean, Thank you very much. I I know what kind of a huge achievement it is to put something like this together, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm just curious what you think of it now, having had a little bit of time to look back on it, to live with it for a while, because I believe it was fit, it's been finished for at least a few months. Is that correct? Um, yeah, we probably finished it around about May time, and then it, obviously when you're self-releasing, it takes a while to actually get things together because <laughs> um, you don't have a kind of a label or 
or um, distributor that's helping you out. So it's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit it takes a little bit more time just to get your head around everything. So. And I know you used uh, Kickstarter for this project as yeah, well. That's right. Yeah. How was that experience for you? I mean, it seems to have worked. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I have I did hear of a few bands where it hadn't worked, so I was a little bit skeptical about the whole thing, but. Um, but the fan, you know, the fans that I didn't even know existed somehow came out and um, and and really made it work. Within two to three weeks, we had the whole project funded, so it was really amazing. That's incredible. That's incredible. It's funny because on the show we've uh, we've often discussed um, big country going that route. So we, we've been trying to convince them to to do it as well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they should just do it. I mean, I, I guess people see it as some people kind of view it as like they're begging for money, but in the same way, all it's doing is it's letting the fans pay for something up front before they get it. It's like it's almost like a pre-order of the album, but just a really just a really long pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you you get so many interesting things. I know that you have recorded uh, you know songs for people who have contributed yeah, and that type that of was, thing. I mean, that was like a really big thing as well. Just having different you know different things that they could pledge for. Um, and it's great for the artists because it's all things that don't cost a mega amounts of money, but it's something that's valuable in other ways to other people. So it's um, yeah, it's really cool. The way music has changed, and the way music has changed as far as delivering it to people, you have to sort of embrace those ways to in the, in this day and age to get these things out and to do it. So you do, yeah, and you even see big names doing the same thing. You know, it's not it's not as if it's just the the little indie artists that are doing it. It's it's everyone. Uh, you know, like Zach Zach Braff um, did a pledge for his his new film. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. like it's all areas of of the kind of creative industry are using it, and it's more personal to to fans as well. So it's kind of it's just a way of getting direct to them without having to go through any you know big labels or anything like that. Well, let's get to the album then while yeah. we're uh, while we're on talking about it here because. The thing that really strikes me about the album, and I've read this um, description, and I would agree with it completely, and the description that I've read is genre-defying. <laughs> and it's so it's so amazing to me that there are so many different stylistic uh, approaches to these individual songs, and yet it seems to have a real cohesion to it. Mm. Um, I, well, you know, that was actually one of the things that I was really worried about before we released, is because... Because I just kind of let myself go, you know, style-wise, I wasn't, when I was writing the songs, I didn't think, oh, these are all going to go together on an album one day. Song, songs just kind of flow out of me, so, and I, I try not to to, to kind of box them into any particular genre. So, um, so I was I was slightly concerned before we recorded, you know, I, I was... I was saying to the guys in the band, I was like, these songs are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> they are, they are. But actually, when you listen, now when I listen to it back, you're like, bloody hell, it does, you know, it does, it works, it's fine. It's I, I, think it, <laughs> I think it does too. I, I bought the album uh, a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still in the process of really, you know, growing with it and, and learning it. But I've yeah. listened to it all, multiple times um, since then. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things that hit me immediately was the differences in styles. But it, it only took maybe like a couple of listens for it to really all make sense. The way that you... Oh, yeah. The way that you tracked everything and the order of the songs, and it just has a real album feel to it, which I think you don't get as much these days. I don't think so either. I think I think a lot of artists concentrate on a couple of headline tracks from their album, and then 
you know, the rest is just songs that kind of fit with, with that style. And uh, I think, you know, the old way of recording something where you just do, you know, you just go for it and, and try and make as, as, as good songs as you can without, you know, without trying to fit into anything. I think just concentrating on just putting the best songs that you have on it's uh, really, you know, it's something that's that's been lost somewhere over the over time. I think so too, and it's great to see that younger artists are still doing that and still taking mm. that approach. So, yeah. Thank you on behalf of uh, a listener. <laughs> <laughs> it, is it okay with you if we maybe like go through each track very quickly and and yeah, just okay? That's, fine, yeah. that's that's great. I I appreciate that. I know we can't really you know give each one the the justice yeah, yeah, that it deserves, yeah. but. Um, right before we do that, I also just want to say that what this album really showcases, as well as your songwriting ability, is your voice. I mean, your voice is. Um, I've been listening to your stuff for a while. I've kept track of the the. Is it now? Is it Gilly Flowers or Jilly Flowers? It's, yeah, it's Gilly Flowers. Gilly Flowers. Okay, I thought so. I, was, I knew I was going to embarrass myself, but I got it right. So <laughs> no, I you got it right first time. <laughs> okay, good. I shouldn't have even said anything. I should have just nope. said Gilly Flowers. But um, I've kept track of them and what you've been doing, uh, different uh, shows online and, and even some stuff. You know, I remember uh, years ago, um, and, you know, being big country fans, we're always going to be aware of what someone yeah, yeah. named Adamson puts out. So <laughs> exactly. I, I remember uh, you had a MySpace page. And I, I, yeah. I remember someone saying, <laughs> remember hey, Kirsten. A- yeah, I remember someone saying, hey, Kirsten Adamson has released some songs. And I thought, oh, I'll check that out. And I thought, wow, these are really, really good. I mean, they they showed so much that promise. Was, I was young then as well. I was really young. <laughs> I know. And I remember like thinking 17, that. 17, 18 or something. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, I could even tell. And in fact, my wife mentioned it too um, at the time. You know, th- this really shows a lot of promise. So it's, it's great to see that you've really... I think fulfilled that promise and lived up to it yeah, with this album. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's like anything else. So, you know, the, the longer you spend doing something, the better you become at it. But I think, yeah, certainly, even when I listen back to those songs, I still think, hey, how did I come up with that? <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. No, that's fantastic. <laughs> but I, I sort of jumped off track a little bit there. But your your voice, I think, really shines in this album. I mean, mm. with with the difference that we we spoke about the difference in styles with the songs, but there's also a, yeah. a difference in the way you sing throughout each song i mean you've got the the soft singing that that's really beautiful you really belt it out at times and um i read somewhere that you were classically trained was is was that yeah vocally that's true. Uh, yeah as um from age seven i started singing lessons and um my teacher was kind of more she was more you know classically orientated and so i did a lot of traditional um Scottish singing and then she she'd like to do a bit a little bit of opera and then and then a, a whole bunch of musicals <laughs> so um and for a long time I did actually and uh, I did actually do sort of amateur theater and stuff like that so I think I think the the kind of the dramatic side of my upbringing has really come out in this record um, which is something that I've not really been able to convey before when I was mm. doing the more country stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but but with this record, I really just I let this sort of more theatrical side of me creep out. Yeah, you can definitely hear it, and uh, fantastic. Well, let's just go through the songs then, um, mm-hmm. like this. How can we stay like this? How can we live this way? One kiss can't stay like this. I don't actually have any liner notes because I bought this online, so I know that no, you, okay. I, know, I know that you wrote or at least co-wrote every song. 
So if there's yeah, I mean most most of them were were me. There's a, there's I think there's like three songs that were co-writes. Okay, got it. But like like this is is definitely my own. <laughs> okay, good, good. And it, what an interesting choice for a lead-off track, and I think that kind of sets the tone for the uniqueness of this album because. So often yeah. an album begins with like the big anthemic. I know, yeah, and actually a few people were like, "Why, you know, why are you opening with that track?" And me, it was that it was me and the producer um, guy Pertard, who sat down and, and worked out the order of all the tracks. Um, and yeah, we just decided to go for something different. So we thought we'd open with the sad one. <laughs> I love it, and it, I love the uh, the droning kind of almost dissonant keyboards that kind of mm. appear and flutter through the verses. And uh, it, it sort of sets the tone lyrically for the album in a way, too, because there's there's kind of a, a theme of dissatisfaction and being unsatisfied. Yeah. And actually, that song can be placed in, you know, it, it is obviously a love song, but yeah, you could just sing a lot of the lines about just, you know, the world we live in and life in general, really. Um, so, you know, ultimately, it is a love song, though. It almost seems as if it's part of a trilogy of love songs, and I'll, I'll get to that as I go through some of these other tunes. <laughs> okay. but I could see this being like the point where you're getting uns- dissatisfied with a relationship, and then there's well, anyway, I'll I'll explain <laughs> what I'm thinking about as we go. Yeah, I like it. Just carry on. <laughs> okay, good, good. But uh, you have your own story. It's I I do. Yeah, it's I do, and I guess that's the, that's the aim. But um, and and also you chose this as kind of the lead off single and and the first video for the album. What what was the thought process behind making this the first single well um when we did the ep launch back in july which was just a four track ep um that you can i think you can still get it online um but it was just kind of a you know a little taster of of what was to come on the album just to to sort of test the waters but when we did the actual live show um there were so many people that were asking about that song uh, in particular so we kind of used the the live show as you know like a test the waters and see what songs really work, and that was a particular one that people thought was was really outstanding. So, so yeah, we just decided to 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 go with go with the fans' choice. <laughs> oh, fantastic, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, it is a fantastic song, and as I said, it it really sets the tone for the album, and it really you know gives you it's kind of a statement that this is not going to be. A typical ex- listening experience necessarily no, no, so love it and then we move right on to new york girl which is a completely yep. <laughs> completely different vibe It has a, almost a blondie feel to it at times. In yeah. fact, even the New York references, you know, being yeah. a New York band. W- was that something, yeah. were they a band that influenced you at all? Or Yeah, I love blondie. Uh, I, do, I do like to sing a lot of blondie. Um, so, yeah, she she's, I wouldn't say she's been a, you know, a massive influence, but she certainly, over the past couple of years anyway, I've started to appreciate the, her stuff a lot more. So, oh, great! Um, I've yeah. always been a huge fan of Blondie yeah, growing up. Great. So, yeah, that's right. uh, hit me immediately. So, yeah, the, the line where where it says she had Debbie's eyes is um, referring to Debbie Harry. So. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I, that now you know what? It's so funny you say that because I I couldn't 
tell exactly if the word if, what the line was. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. if you're saying daddy's eyes, and at one point I thought it was Gabby's eyes, and I thought, well, maybe yeah, yeah. this is someone I'm not sure of. That was Debbie. <laughs> so that, oh, that's great. She was a New York girl with her hair in curls and her pretty toes. She had Debbie's eyes, and they looked surprised when he told her so. That's fantastic. And this is kind of an interesting little song about meeting someone online and then... Uh, it is, yeah. yeah. And it's actually, it's, it is based on a sort of semi-true story about a, a friend of a friend. Um, oh, wow. Who met from Scotland, who met someone online from New York, and he did actually go over there, but it didn't work out, so... Uh, just just like the song got it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many great little songwriting touches in this, too, and, and production touches, and I, I especially love how you... You, you establish the chorus, but then the second time the chorus rolls around, you you sort of let it breathe musically. It's, yeah, it's a, a huge sense though. <laughs> yeah, I love that though because then it comes back in with the "I'm in love with you" backing vocal yeah, part, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think I think stuff like that, little touches like that, just really, you know, show how you kind of set yourself apart from the from the norm. And I, I love that little yeah. touch. I mean, I didn't intentionally try to do things different. It's just that I, I listened to a lot of older music, you know, like um, 70s, 80s music. So it kind of, that's that's more of an influence to me than any new stuff. Um, and, you know, that I, I kind of, I guess I go along the same sort of songwriting route as the older songs rather than, the current market yeah again great song i, I love the uh, the differences in in style already and then we come to impossibilities which is uh which as you say was available on your ep of the same of the same name that's right yeah Um, well, the the song is really about uh, people that you kind of come across in life that um, have a massive potential, but don't seem to either a be bothered about fulfilling it, or or be just be able to, you know. Um, so when we say the impossibilities are endless, it just seems like they have an excuse for absolutely everything that they could. That they could do right, they they don't they choose they choose not to. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> yeah, that's about you know just people that that kind of make you upset that they're not um they're not doing as well as they should be. Yeah, love it, and uh, that that line is is such a great kind of dark twist on the possibilities yes, are endless. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> I love it. It's a great line. That was that was actually Phil, the guitarist, that came up with that particular line. Oh wow, well great. It's... <laughs> It was a great one. It really, really yeah, I know, <laughs> works beautifully. And I love the um, one thing I really love about your songs as well are the, are the bridges. I think the bridges are are so well thought out and and interesting. Yeah. And this one has a great, you know, really eerie sounding bridge to it with these descending notes, and you even get a yeah. scream there in at the end, which is great, yeah. and and <laughs> takes you back to kind of that uh, theatrical stuff that you were talking about.
uh, Diana, one of the girls who I play with and who, who sings and, and plays guitar in the band sometimes, I think she might have actually came up with the instrumentation for that part of the song. And then when we were in the studio, before we went in, I thought, right, I'm going to do something different with this um, this kind of chord build. And um, and yeah, I just, I just kind of experimented a bit vocally and, and that's what came out. So... Um, <laughs> there wasn't a, there wasn't a massive thought process behind it. Just kind of, <laughs> right. I just went right. I'm going to do something mad here. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> oh, you did. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It fits the song perfectly. Um, and one thing I noticed too on this song, and I was starting to sense a trend, and I I really love this trend. I in in my own music that I've done, I've always taken this approach too. Strangely enough, and that is to end every song without a fade out. And there's no fade out yeah, on this yeah, entire yeah. album. I love that. I'm not keen on the fade outs. I don't know why. Good for I mean, you. Yeah, I, 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 I understand why people do it, but I just, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, I just, I don't think I could end the song with it. I'm too, um, too, too dramatic to end the song. With <laughs> I, I love it. In fact, that should be a, a catchphrase somewhere. I'm not keen on the fade out. That, <laughs> yeah. that says a lot. It should be a T-shirt. <laughs> But I think that's a that's a really cool choice, and I would, I just started to notice that as this album was progressing. Yeah, there, is, there aren't any fade outs. Then. Love it. Okay, then we get to Robot Girlfriend, one of the most catchy songs I think on the <laughs> album. It just it gets in your head and it won't let go, and it's in a good way. Actually, we played a gig on Saturday and all these little tiny kids were like doing little robot dancing. <laughs> really? And I just thought, oh, wow, that's great. Oh, that's great. Now, am I wrong in, in sensing that there's maybe like, um, I mean, this is just how I interpreted it, but almost like a sarcastic type of... Uh... Oh, yeah. This is like, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a mega ironic um, song. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's almost kind of, you know, taking the mick out of girls that will just sort of do anything for for their for their boyfriends, <laughs> right? And yeah, it's just kind of a, it's it's sort of a joke song, I guess. But but you could you know you can read into it a few a few different ways. But yeah, it's kind of it's sort of written about the the sort of doting girlfriends, um, and yeah, just in a in a kind of silly silly way. Well, I love it. I love the uh, the vocal effects at the end oh, as well, yeah. and it almost sounds like this uh, robotic, soulless laugh that <laughs> that pops in at the end. <laughs> very, very cool. <laughs> Yeah. And the whole powering down effect at the very end of the song is a nice touch as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great stuff. Um, I, I'm kind of rushing through these because I don't want to uh, step Sorry. over your time limit. No, that's okay. Oh, we, can, we, um, can, we can push it to the edge, don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, feel the same. kind of another ballad but it's, it sort of brings in a, a piano feel 
for the mm, first time yeah, in the album. Yeah, I, I, I did write that song a couple of years ago, um, and it was written more of a folky style. Um, and then I I worked on it with a composer called um, David Jameson, and um, and he he really kind of brought it. You know, I say to life, he kind of made it what it, it should have been in the first place. But I don't, you know, I play a little bit of piano, but but not much. And he really, he really kind of, he gave it the kind of darker side that I really wanted it to have. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is, it's, it's a kind of tragic love song, I guess, this one. Um, and that you can, you can tell by the end, piano row, that it's not going to turn out well. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think that line, the cynicism in lines like "I hope to feel this way tomorrow" sort of mm-hmm. carry throughout the uh, the album in a way that kind of sense yeah. of you know wondering what's going to be coming next. And this this was actually the song that I thought in my in my imaginative trilogy of love songs on your album. Yeah, this this would have yeah. been the first where you meet the guy, and then the middle one would have been like this, and then I yeah. think the end would have come later. <laughs> so just explain yeah. that that thing. But I see. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, what a great song and a very haunting feel to it and a haunting ending as well that I I think really works perfectly. And we did um, on the EP. We did a cut down version of that song, which didn't have the ending on it. So it it only went up to the piano solo, and you didn't find out what sort of happened in the end. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like a, you know half the story, and then you have to get the album to hear the, the final part. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the calling. This this is a particular favorite. I think I mentioned this on your on your site. I yeah. I love this this song. It's um and it, it really has to me. It, it it almost takes me back to I don't know if you're familiar with these, but these spaghetti western type of themes. It's just mm-hmm. got this kind of big sweeping anthemic uh, marching to war kind of feel. Yeah, totally. But yeah, tell me about how this came about. Um, I think it you know it was just. It's really about what's been happening in the world over the past, well, forever, really. But you know, over the past couple of years, it's certainly been, you know, it seemed it seemed a lot more prominent, you know, within our everyday lives that the the world is very unsettled, um, and um, you know, um, when you say uh, the the calling, it's kind of like. Yeah, it's a, a, a sort of calling to war song, I guess. Um, where where we know something's about to kick off, but um, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just it is literally just about 
the world we live in. Well, just the line, weep for my unborn child, followed by yeah. that breakdown in the song is so powerful. That's kind of like, you know, if, uh, I mean, I don't have kids, but if I were to have kids, what future would I be leaving for them, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that must be everyone's worry, really. Yeah, definitely. A thought that I think of quite a bit, too. So. Yeah, I bet. So. One more thing about this one. I can't let, let it go without mentioning that ending. Oh. I, I think it's, it, this is probably, for me, one of the most powerful vocal moments of the song with the they're coming for me portion. Yeah. Just, yeah. just fantastic. That was an, an add-on thing at the end as well. I just, I just thought, you know, it needs something. It just needs something else, and 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 we came out with that. Myself and and a guy just worked on the end vocally, and and we settled with that. And I think it really works as well. Beautiful, and mm. and then we 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 take a big left turn from that song into Valentine. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is just a more, I mean, a more traditional rock like song. Yeah, 90s grunge influence came out on this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I, you know, I love like the Pixies and Nirvana and stuff like that and um, Hole. So this was like my, my kind of, my 90s <laughs> grunge moment. <laughs> and it's great. And I even hear a little bit of uh, Patti Smith in there at times. But... Mm, cool. <laughs> and the, the other thing I love about this tune is the, uh, the, the choice to do a kind of a slide guitar solo instead of the traditional, you know, rock solo in, the, in this. I think it works beautifully. Yeah, Phil, um, the guitarist, he's really been getting into a lot of like lap steel and slide guitar and stuff. So he's just he just loves doing it. So we just let him go for it. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, mm-hmm. another really beautiful, haunting tune. Um, 
kind of like a sitar almost sound at the beginning of the tune. Yeah, that's actually a, a synth. Um, it's a Nord synthesizer okay. sound that we use on that. Um, but it really fits the, the kind of feel of the song really well, I think. I think so too. And it, more kind of a Kate Bush influence coming through here as well. And yeah. You know the yeah. one, the one thing as a huge Kate Bush fan myself, the one thing I always loved about her was was um, her backing vocals and the way yeah, she put those too. together. I always find them so weird, and see when you yes. listen to on headphones as well, and you get all the really odd low ones that she used to do. No one allows themselves to express or be you know be that creative anymore. So that was the one thing that I wanted to let myself do with this, and that's another reason why it took a bit longer to record, is because I really wanted to just be able to to use my voice and and in different ways with this record. feel bad that I'm going through these so quickly. I apologize. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's, I could I could do you know quite a bit on each one, but um, <laughs> time to be afraid. Uh, another um, just a, just a great little haunting tune again with kind of the dark the dark overtones lyrically. love the the dissonant sounds again that kind of appear through the chorus with this kind of descending almost bell-like sounds that that appear yeah. there um and the, the one line just forget yourself you'll come back someday i mean what mm-hmm. what, what kind of inspired that as far as a theme for um, the song i mean i guess i think it, it's 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 um inspired by you know we all go through kind of moments of of madness almost where you you feel like you're you're losing touch with things so it, and it's, I guess it's just saying that, you know, that's all right. Just, you know, let yourself go you to a different place when you'll come back someday, hopefully. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <Fingers crossed. laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I guess it's like, it's kind of, a, you know, it's it's a song that's kind of saying it's all right to feel a bit crazy sometimes. And, and I love the, uh, speaking of crazy, the big pipe organ solo <laughs> yeah, in the middle. That, that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you come back. That's quite an unexpected solo, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It's just, you and know, we really, we really turned the, the volume up on it as well, just to to, to make people kind of crap themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, at this point in the album, you you like it come to expect this sort of thing. So that's one of the reasons that's I love good, it though. so much. That's it <laughs> it is. It's absolutely good. It's great. Okay, so Daniel.
my trilogy that I mentioned, this will be my uh, third tune, <laughs> where you've kind of broken up and, and yeah, okay. find peace alone. That's probably the, the oldest song on the record. That okay. Daniel actually still existed in the really late stages of the Gilly Flowers. So it was the only kind of crossover song. If you... Got it. And a, a beautiful song and a beautiful um, relationship song. And I especially love the, the way you sing that final chorus and kind of the higher range at the end. And We wanted to go a bit mad at the end of that. I was kind of like, yeah, I want to do the Who ending, so we call that one the Who ending, especially especially live with the you know the drum, uh, the drums at the end are, are particularly Who style. <laughs> Come to mountains. This would be uh, this would be the alternate favorite of mine. It kind of goes back and forth between this and, and the calling. It's just an absolutely gorgeous song, and um, you've got it, it, his name is is it Dave Byrne? Yeah, he um, from he's Ahab, from, right? Yeah, my brother's old band. Yeah, yeah. But I've known yeah I've known him since I was like twenty or something, so about ten about ten years now. What an exceptional voice he has, and and mixed yeah, with great. yours, it's just does the song so much justice yeah and you know we've got the feel good line from the beginning all that i feel is turning to dust all that i love is burning i want to go to mm -hmm. the mountains and die <laughs> <I mean. laughs> do you know some when i when i've um, sung that to, to people in the past they've thought that i've sang i want to go to the mountains and i you mm. know rather than like another me <laughs> with another another one of myself wow and then when then when i've said to them no it's i want to go to the mountains and die <laughs> they're like oh right okay <laughs> I cool. know. well you know we laugh at it and, and it's it's funny to talk about it in this respect but it, it is when you listen to it and you get into this song it, it's such a oh yeah it's so yeah. powerful so powerful it is, it is, isn't it? and it just my i think my favorite line in this song is love me for being a loser yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, I mean, I hate to just be asking, like, how do you feel about this song? But, you know, it, it's... And I know a lot of these you don't want to necessarily delve too deeply and leave it up to the listener to, to make their own choices as how they interpret it but what was the 
I guess, inspiration for the for mountains being kind of the... Well, I mean, Dave and I decided that we were going to write and record three songs in 24 hours. So um, oh, wow. I flew <laughs> I flew to London <laughs> and, um, and I think I maybe got in like mid-afternoon and um, then we, we sat and we we kind of had a few glasses of wine and we and we started writing songs and um, Mountains was actually one of the ones that, that came out just that they right at the end of the writing session um, we probably spent about maybe 20 minutes to half an hour on the song and it uh, you know and then we'd finished it and the next morning we got up and we recorded for half the day and then I, I flew home at I flew home at night time um, <laughs> wow and and that's how that song first came about. I mean, we didn't use the original recording, but all the lyrics and the full arrangement is exactly the same as when we wrote it within that twenty-four hour period. <laughs> oh, incredible, incredible! That's... So yeah, it was just it was just. I mean, I don't. We didn't really have any inspiration for it other than that we'd got to the end of our our writing session and we were probably a little bit tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whatever you did really worked because it, it's an incredible <laughs> yeah. song and really, you know, brings back some of your country roots too, I, I think, yeah, does, but in yeah. a in a really more modern way. But yeah, love that tune. We'll be loving that one forever. So <laughs> that was great. Okay. And the, the album closer, Big Red Bus. Is it over now? As a Kate Bush fan, I know you'll you'll appreciate this, uh, or at least certainly get the reference. It, it almost struck me as kind of a morning fog kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. as wrapping up the album. I mean, yep. it, there's still a you know a, a sense of I, I guess kind of that dark sense, but there's a little little glimmer of hope in this song. At I the think. end, yeah, there's yeah there's the kind of there, there seems there seems to be a more uplifting kind of yeah, like you say, a yeah. little bit of hope there. <laughs> And it kind of turns into this big dance party at the end, which I, it I does, love. Yeah. <laughs> I think we needed that at this point. I think we did, yeah. <laughs> Especially after Mountains. Yeah, that was another one that I wrote with um, Dave as well from London. Well, actually, I didn't. We didn't. We didn't write it together. But he came up and to do some singing on something I was recording at one point, and then he just jumped on the synth and then he started singing. Don't know what's going on today. Yeah. So he, he sang like the first couple of lines, and then I just wrote the rest of the song around that because I I just really liked it. Well, I love the the rhyming choice of rattling and battling. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a, the first time I've ever heard that, and I always appreciate that. It's quite that. odd, isn't it? <laughs> it? It's odd, but it really is cool. I, I love it. I love it, and uh, and the way that you end the song and in effect end the album with just kind of this brief, you know, res- yeah, recitation of that. Yeah, vocal. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that as well. Big red bus on a grey skyline, windows rattling. 
I love this album. I think you should be so incredibly proud of it. And I, and uh, it's just um, everyone listening to this. I, I know, you know, most of us, most of the people tuning into this are big country fans, obviously, but uh, obviously as well, they're going to be interested in what you're doing. And, and the thing that I think really holds true for this album is that it, it really stands on its own. I mean, it, it wouldn't matter in other words, what I'm saying from a big country fans perspective, yeah. what your last name would be. I think people would love this. Uh, just discovering you yeah. by accident. So, although you know, big country has been a, a huge influence for me. I don't, I don't particularly think that, that any of it really sounds like big country. No, which is, um, you know, that's not that's not an intention. That's just that I write completely differently from how my dad did. So, um, sure, sure. Obviously, he he has a a massively distinctive style and you know actually I, I think that that my my voice has its own style as well which is which is pretty cool and something that I didn't I didn't actually when I'm you know growing up and singing it I didn't know what my style was really but I feel like with this record I really found you know my own my own my own style of, of singing and my own style of writing and things so yeah, well, I, I hope the experimentation and the uh, will continue in the future. I mean, it's just it makes for such an interesting listen. And yeah, uh, it definitely will. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And and my friend, uh, I, I know you you don't have much time left. My friend Svein has joined us. Oh he's, yeah, he's here from Norway. If you if you see him pop Hello. up, <laughs> hi there. Hi. <laughs> I, it looks like I missed you guys today. Yeah, Hello. you yeah. you kind of did. Yes. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's uh, <laughs> at least a chance to say hi. So I'm, yeah, my na- I'm Svein, and I'm based in Norway, and uh, hey. I'm calling right now from my uh, the, uh, a meeting room in my office. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so this is all very corporate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think. So yes, what I... do, what are we talking about here? Do you have <laughs> do you need to leave now, or do you have five minutes or ten minutes, or what's the deal? Uh, I probably have like maybe another two minutes maximum. Oh, okay. Go to another, <laughs> so, another meeting. So give her your best questions, fine. Two minutes. Well, we, we've, we've, talk, we've talked about the album in its entirety. I, I really <laughs> look forward to listening back to that. I'm sure that will be great. So, yeah, so, so this will be my, my first and last one. But uh, I'm just thinking, <laughs> coming to this podcast, and you're talking to Tom and now myself, we are two old fans of your dad's mm-hmm. and you and you know that you have so many people there who used to be fan of your dad's who have basically oh, yeah. known you since you were very small you know actually in in the physical form as well there's always someone that i meet you know almost daily who says oh yeah i know i know your dad or uh, i am um, i've known you since you were tiny <laughs> exactly. so, so is that weird or is it good or how, how do you feel about you that? know i've grown i have grown up with that and to me it's it's normal and it's it's pretty it's you know in a way it's kind of comforting to know that there's so many people out there that that have have kind of grown up knowing what what I've been up to and you know and, and really loving my dad's music and and then going on to listen to all my stuff as well so it's pretty comforting to know that so many people are are you know still around well, if I could yeah, just sh- if I could just share something with you before we let you go, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I met my wife through a mutual love of big country, Not and cool. 
and Svein met his, and we both have children. So, I mean, you know, with, That's with awesome. that, yeah, I mean, really, and this isn't an exaggeration. I mean, without your dad, we wouldn't have the families that we have. Yeah. So, I mean, it's such a wonderful legacy that, that he's left behind and yeah. so many positive, you know, beautiful things have come oh, from, yeah, from what he's done. And, definitely. And, yeah. And it's great to have a new album by another Adamson. So, yeah. uh, well, I, and I shall continue to make them. <laughs> Wonderful. That's great. And I know you have to leave, but uh, I hope this was kind of like dipping our toes in it and that we can have a, a continued discussion at the later Yeah, point. we can do. Yeah, yeah. I just have another meeting at half past. That I'll probably be late for now, but it's okay. It's fine. Oh, so um, sorry. But, no, it's fine. Um, and yeah, we should we set up another time to, to talk more about stuff. Sure. It happens to all our guests. They're, they're always late for whatever they have planned after. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you guys are so nice. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate the time and thank you so much. We'll, we'll have this out. Um, I'll let you know. It'll probably be within a few days. Okay, perfect. The, it, awesome to talk with you and thank you so you much too. again. Bye. Thank you. All right. Okay, Kirsten Adamson, and we, we are so appreciative of her time and. Uh, a lot of interesting insights on the songs there. I know we we had to rush through it. And as you guys who are longtime listeners of the show will know, Svein and I don't do anything rushed. At least we don't try to, especially when we're doing a track by track um, of an album. In fact, as you as you heard there, we had to really rush through the songs, which is probably fine for some of you who are, haven't discovered the album yet or are just discovering it. It's kind of like a good wedding of the wedding your appetite for for and maybe convincing you that this is something that you should you should pick up. But yeah, it was kind of difficult with such a short um, amount of time to work with. We had so much more that we wanted to ask her, but it's fine. I'm glad you were able to get in there at least at the end, and you ask, you, you did ask the perfect question to wrap things up, I think. Yeah, I look forward to listening to your conversation because it's, I don't know a whole lot about the album. And in fact, you're the one, you're the one who has listened to it, of yeah. the two of us more. So it, uh, it definitely was right that you were the one to, to, to kind of talk her through it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, this is one we had a long time coming. Yeah, definitely, and you know, I I really do recommend the album. And as I said to Kirsten, I I can honestly say that it really has nothing to do with uh, with her last name. I mean, obviously, that's going to make people interested uh, who are big country fans like us. Who, we're going to be interested in anything an Adamson releases or puts out. But uh, I I can honestly say that. If I just discovered this by accident, I would think it was a, a great album. And um, yeah, we've, we've already discussed it in the show, but make up your own mind. Give it a shot. If you haven't picked it up yet, you really should. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, there, there, was, there was so much more I wanted to ask her and that we, we both wanted to ask her. And I'm, I'm sure there are listeners out there who think, oh, I wish we could have gotten to more uh, you know big country-related questions. What was it like growing up with Stuart and... And uh, as you mentioned to me earlier, being in the studio with them and singing on the track, Bella, yeah, we wanted mm -hmm. to ask her all of those, but we were constrained by time. But hopefully we can get her on again down the road. Hopefully you didn't scare her away. Or well, hopefully I didn't. I was like going to say, said, yeah. She left when I came. So. Yeah, I, I had like 45, 40 minutes with her and you had two. So I think that says it all. Yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a man's life in the big country podcast world. <laughs> No, but it's it's very cool to see uh, to see her as you said on the show. You know, many of us have been aware of of what she's done and and what she's been doing without sounding sounding like uh, creepy stalkers here. <laughs> Obviously, we, we would have been aware of one of Stewart's kids. So it's uh, it's really cool to to see 
how she has progressed and gotten to this point where she's really uh, really doing well for herself. And I think you know you you couldn't ask for more than, in my opinion, what she's done as far as putting out a really strong album. So we'll see what where it takes her from here. Mm-hmm. But she seems to have a really good uh, kind of approach to a good a good modern approach to how she's promoting herself and and promoting this album mm-hmm. and. I believe she's got a tour that's coming up in March, a UK tour that they're putting together. So Nice. Yeah, and I definitely would have asked her more about what are her goals beyond the UK as far as uh, which market uh, is she going into and are there touring plans? Is the album available on all these markets? And just those kind of things uh, yes. would be interesting as well. Plus, I spent all weekend listening to Aberfeld, the Angelia Flowers, and I guess it was for nothing. <laughs> Except that it's not the worst music you can listen to so i guess uh, we all win in the end but uh, like we said hopefully she can be back and uh, until now this is it and this is not bad i think yeah yeah definitely and, and and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the second part of our show entitled what we would have asked kirsten adamson if given the time <laughs> that that we will well, discuss for the next hour and that, that's so typical of us we'll discuss that for longer than the actual interview took place we could, couldn't we? <laughs> if you like, I can pretend to be Kirsten, and you can ask. And <laughs> no, no, well, no. Well, Thomas, I <laughs> no, have these plans. Kirsten might still be listening to this, and if she is, you know, you've certainly scared her away for any future episodes. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, she should know what she's getting into. The Adamson kids have done really well for themselves musically, and it, because I've really enjoyed a lot of stuff I've heard in Ahab as well both of them really put out interesting interesting music that is certainly influenced yeah but i think really stands on its own as being very unique expressions of their own talent and their own um, perspective on life yeah, i mean I it, it's more it's more identifiable it's more identifiable with kirsten because she's actually singing and writing these songs i know that callum was the guitar player in ahab i'm not sure of what role he had in the writing i know he wrote some things but it's easier to tell with her because she's at the forefront here, but uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think it's it's great. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what they picked up from their dad, the ability to be personal and real about music and put out the music that's inside you. That's always been the big country trademark, and it seems to be an Adamson trademark, and I'm really pleased to, to see that. It, it was really interesting in speaking with her that she's really got this kind of mentality where she's just doing, as you said, and as kind of a steward did, just really approaching music with uh, from your heart, not thinking necessarily about what's going to be the best commercial move to make. And uh, in fact, when she said that she was worried initially about about that very thing, that there were so many different um, styles being represented in the song, she wasn't sure if that would work. And personally, I think it does in some strange way. But um, I just love the fact that she took that approach and threw caution to the wind and did it anyway. And I, I think that's really brave. And I think it's, I think it's a brave album. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's definitely uh, one of those albums that is obviously pure from an artistic perspective. And I, you don't see that much these days. And you don't hear that much these days. And um, and some of the things right. that she said, where she she thinks that uh, artists don't value that album approach as much she actually mentioned that when we were speaking and she did and she wanted to make an album and um i think i think that's great for a younger artist to still have that mentality so 
it used to mean something to people to actually have an album out. Mm-hmm. And if you speak to a lot of those who had mega success later, a lot of them really had one goal when they started, and that was to have an album that was theirs and it was out there. And uh, that 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 is just the pure love of music, to actually have something out there and be proud of it. And now she has one with her name on it, and I'm sure that means something to her. So did you talk about the music video? Um, we did not talk about that. Uh, we didn't go into detail about that. I had that ready to talk about, but um, I did mention that, you know, that like this was her first video, but we didn't really go into a whole lot of detail. Right. Um, so how do you like it? I think it's interesting. I, I, I In preparing for the show, I, I was reading a little bit about it, and I, I noticed her comments. She said, uh, we tried to make a video that would make the most menial of tasks look beautiful and she said if you if you like ironing (laughs) you'll if you if you love hate ironing you'll love hate this video (laughs) exactly i saw that comment too and after i saw the video first and then i saw the comment and then it sort of made sense to me because i didn't get it (laughs) it wasn't super clear to me that that was the goal but uh you know sure i mean part of me thinks you know this is little kirsten i've known her since she was tiny and here stands this woman showing her legs. And part of me is thinking, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, uh, it is a very classy video. And it's impressive that it's done on such a uh, small budget, one camera, simple production. Yeah. But, it's very, but it's very striking in a lot of ways. It, the imagery is, uh, is very cool. And uh, fortunately, the ironing... I don't think it's uh, like the, the center block of, of the, the video. It, Kirsten is the center, sort of the focal point of it. And uh, it, uh, you know, it's, it's important to have one out there you know, on, in YouTube land because you search for someone and it's the biggest promo tool you have after the collapse of MTV. People go to YouTube for music videos mm-hmm. and uh, people share music videos on Facebook and what have you. So that becomes a channel. So I think it's great that she has one out there because I don't think Gilly Flowers ever made a music video and I don't think there is anything else other than live uh, recordings. So uh, I, I'm glad to see that. Yeah. And, you know, the Gilly Flowers did actually put out an EP. Um, I discovered this and I, I'd forgotten about it. I was looking last night um, for something that they had done that I could ask her about. They were supposed to put out an album. In fact, if you go to the Big Country website, they still talk about the Gilly Flowers as if they're about to release a debut album called Queen of Hearts um, mm. that you could find that there but they did they didn't they never managed to put out the album but they did put out an EP that you can still find um, I was listening to it last night on some bizarre site I've never seen but it was an, allowing me to stream the <laughs> it was allowing me to stream the EP um, it's very it's much more country tinged and uh, if we'd had more time again I would have uh, gone more into what happened there but it's much more of a country tinged album and in fact, what 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 was funny too is that I read a comment that someone uh, called Kirsten Scotland's answer to Dolly Parton when she was still in the Gilly Flowers, and uh, I thought that was so funny because Stewart had once been called uh, by John Peel Scotland's uh, answer to Jimi Hendrix. So <laughs> if you remember that? So we've got Scotland's answer to to Hendrix and to Dolly Parton uh, in the same family, but yeah. uh, you can see that when you listen to the Gilly Flowers and. I got the impression that she wanted to do a little bit more than just be kind of, uh, I don't want to say stuck, but to just be in that country feel. Obviously, she loved that kind of music, but I got the feeling that she wanted to break out of that a little bit, which she's done with the album. Um, Definitely some country influence is still there. 
but uh, but there are a lot of other ones as well, including including Blondie, which uh, you'll be interested to hear about. Mm. But you were talking about the video, and and um, if we had more time, I would have maybe we would have gone into more of what she uh, was getting at with that. But yeah, I, I take it almost as like a one of those um, French made films that's just difficult to decipher, but has kind of an abstract emotional feel to it and and when you pair it with the song it does kind of make sense because the song is sort of about a relationship that has stagnated and is not really going anywhere and they're trying she's trying to figure out if this is something that can continue and there's kind of a sense that the relationship has become a menial type of thing almost so that kind of goes along with this act of ironing <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like some of your songs <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, air conditioning units and ironing. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, she's she's clearly very, you know, not not one to shy away from any artistic medium. I mean, she's got her hand in videos. She's even she even edits a lot of the videos that uh, you might mm. see associated with what she's what she's doing. I don't think she edited that one, but she, who knows? Maybe I would have asked her about that too. But uh, um, yeah, very talented she- girl. She seems to be very hands-on, so that doesn't surprise me. And yeah. part of it is just because she loves it, and another part of it is that it is still a low-budget thing. I I think all these productions, and you have to do it yourself. But yeah. I, I don't I don't have the feeling that she minds it. I don't think so either. Shut! Well, so that's that's the Kirsten Adamson interview, and hopefully we'll have more to come in the future. And again, thank you so much, Kirsten, if you're still listening to this, for taking the time to talk to us. And so, as we conclude this show, um, any any big country issues that we can t- can mention briefly? I mean, we kind of covered a lot of what they've been doing in the last episode that we did, and not a lot has changed since then. They're out touring, and uh, the one thing that has come to light, though, is that a Seer tour is being planned. We've seen some dates already released for that, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting, that the dates are already being released. But um, how do you feel about the idea of a, a tour centered around the seer? Well, why not? It's another excuse to play Look Away. <laughs> I think that there's definitely songs on that album that uh, they have never played and that we've always wanted to play. So that's great. And uh, playing a show based on the album is, I guess, the only way for us to finally get Red Fox, for us to finally get the Sailor. Mm. And uh, old favorites that I haven't played in forever. Like, uh, I, I would be happy to hear just Remembrance Day. I, mm. I, in particular, I think that Seer ends very strongly with those three of songs. That's really an incredible strong end to an album. But there's also other songs. I mean, they haven't touched a song like One Great Thing in forever. And although that will never be my favorite big country song, it, it's exciting to, you know, to shake it up a bit. Yeah. That's part of it now. Definitely. It's become that. And also Eileen again, and hear how that sounds now with uh, with new people in the band. And uh, it is a song that should be played. And the title track is also one of my favorites. So yeah, there, there's plenty of nice, good songs. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that title track. And I, I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to have any kind of female backing vocalist or singing lady um, to help out. Yeah. But uh, since, since even in the band's heyday, they they just did it with the four of them I'm, I'm assuming that's what they'll do again but it would be interesting if they brought in someone to sing on that tune maybe even for a show or two i'm sure kate bush uh 
wouldn't do it, but <laughs> who knows? Maybe she would. Why not? She's, she stabbed her toes in the in the water again. But of course, if she did it, then no one would be able to film or record her performance of that particular song. So, no, that's uh, that's true. Maybe she can sing it behind a curtain or something. Yeah, that would be good. I, w- I would. Yeah. I would take that. Or maybe you know, they could they could get the Robin Miller mix and isolate her vocals and and play along to that. Yeah, speaking of Robin Miller mix, isn't it time that uh, <laughs> this comes up again since it's an anniversary and everything? Yes. See that? See how I segued into that? Yeah. It is. It is the perfect location. It's time to revive the petition. And those of you who've listened to the show will remember that we had a petition going that we got uh, over a thousand signatures on, which was good, to try to get Universal to consider um, releasing the Robin Miller mix of The Seer. In fact, that's another thing I wanted to mention to Kirsten if we had had time, is that she, if, is if she was even aware that there was another version of this that Kate might be featured more prominently on. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is the time. This is the time to strike, people. This is our window um, after 2016 passes, there probably won't be another, you know, opportunity to do it. Or if there is, there won't be any real occasion to do it. This is the 30th anniversary of the album. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I'm, I'll try to gauge what maybe Bruce is thinking about that too. And if there's any, been any movement on that, but it would be a great time for a 30th anniversary release of this year with the Robin Miller mix. Yeah. It is only two years since the last uh, expanded deluxe edition. Yes. So I, I guess that is uh, the quote-unquote unfortunate thing that we got that one. <laughs> but uh, you know, let, let's enjoy that we got it. But just a Miller mix. It doesn't need to be a freaking deluxe edition. Just package it like it. Yeah. The Seer Miller mer- version. Yeah. Or I th- maybe it's a resentment. I don't know because they found it but didn't want to release it, which is rubbish. That that's just. Uh, you know why wouldn't you? I know you. You make money on these things. Put them out there. Or if if the record company don't want to do it, pretty much ever, then give it to the band. Let them do it. If they can't take on such a thing, right? And find out what it takes to just uh, have it printed. If the masters are there, you do a print, a cover, find the cost, do a Kickstarter, yeah. which the band is never going to do. But that would have been the way to do it. I agree. I, I I wish they would do it, and I think at this point, you know, it's been so long that I don't think there's any, probably anyone at the record company who would say, no, we don't want to do this because it's or would have any resentment toward it at this point. I, I think it's probably a matter of, it just wasn't even thought about, and they discovered it. Someone discovered it, and I think if they did consider it, or if they would have considered it, it certainly would have conflicted with what they already had in the pipeline with yeah. these re-releases. So I I think that's the problem. I think if they would have discovered it earlier. Um, while they were preparing those other things, maybe there was a would have been a much better chance that they would have put it out or gone to the the effort um, to get that ready. I don't know. I don't know exactly what kind of effort we're talking about here. I mean, if it's a if it's a completely mastered piece, which I'm assuming it is, um, that I yeah, I would imagine all they handed need, it in. Yeah. So I guess all they would need to do was would be to to go through it, make sure it's still in decent shape, and transfer it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I've seen them do it for for bands that are of less stature than Big Country. Um, yeah, significantly less too. All you need is one person who uh, e- either is a fan or believes in it or just think it should be done because they're music lovers. Yeah. If you, if you have that person as a champion on the record company side, 
the most amazing things will be done, even things you don't think they would even get back what to invest in it. Exactly. So, uh, so I don't know in the case of Big Country if they just lack that type of champion in the record company or or what really the deal is, because it's strange. Now, I can get the fact that it collided a bit with the deluxe edition two years ago, and they said no. But uh, how many years do we need to wait? I mean, put down a number, put down some plans, let us know. And let's be honest, because, the same people that bought that those editions are going to want to buy this. So yeah. it's not like we're going to say, oh, I just bought that. Seer, I don't want. I don't want to buy another one, even if it's even if it's a completely different, life changing <laughs> mix. We bought that deluxe edition for three tracks, basically. Yeah. At least I did. Yeah, um, me too. Others might miss more of it, but that's the reality of the situation. We'll get it, and uh, just the Kate Bush connection alone. You know, you can fish in two ponds here. You have the big country fans, and you have the Kate fans. Right. So. Um, Right. No, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, hopefully that can be done. And I guess if we're going to have uh, something happen in 2016, when the actual anniversary is, we need to start uh, raising this topic now. Yeah, we will. So if you're listening to the show, check out our Facebook page. If you're not a member there, join, please. And uh, we'll post it on other pages as we did in the past, too. But uh, we'll be reviving this petition. And I think, for me, the the big thing is, like, how do we get this to the people that need to see it. I, I don't know who to who to contact at Universal or, or whatever, but I guess that's not necessarily up to us. I'm sure there are people out there who could forward this. Um, and thinking back to the first time we did it, I know the band kind of intimated that they didn't want to be seen as spearheading this thing. They wanted it to seem as if it was coming from the fans, which it was, and it was spearheaded by the fans. Yeah. So... I guess it's not something that the band would want to necessarily send to their contacts there, but I don't see why not, but who knows? We'll figure all that out. But in the meantime, we'll get, we'll get the, uh, the petition back up and I need to go back and rediscover that site and, and make sure everything is still there. Um, and we'll promote it again and see if we can get another, you know, maybe another th- a thousand signatures. I don't know if it's felt like we stretched it the last time, but I know there are a lot of people who didn't, sign it and a lot of people listening if you didn't sign that petition shame on you shame <laughs> it's your fault god damn it singing ladies during thousand yard stare shame on you <laughs> singing ladies during thousand yard stare with josh phillips panpipe keyboards shame on you <laughs> oh my god you're killing me <laughs> I hope Josh Phillips never listens to this show. <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy, and I feel like a jerk ever. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I just hate those scents from that period. I'm sorry, Josh. Yeah. He hopefully didn't design the, the synth sound, <laughs> which is the issue. The issue is the synth sound, not the playing. He did choose it. Yeah, he did choose well, it. Well, did he? Or was it chosen for him? Well, that's true. You never know. But I, I get the feeling that uh, my money would be that he that he chose the sound to use. And they gave gave him artistic license to to pick those sounds. I mean, then th- those were sounds that you would hear on an '80s album at the time. Yeah. But uh, man, it just did not fit with big country music. Oh man! In fact, I was listening to uh, Wonderland the other day from the Moscow show. It just happened to come up on my my player. Yeah. And um, strong performance by the band. E- even the singing ladies had some interesting backing vocals in that. But then those. For well, now, I know you're drunk. I know, but they 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 did a more laid back type of thing, and it was it was kind of interesting. But 
then those keyboard swells came up, and I was just like, oh, on Wonderland, really? Keyboard, keyboard swells. Yeah, there you go. It's like you're doing that. You don't do this to Wonderland, please. <laughs> oh yeah. But well, anyway, I still listen to the whole thing. It's just the kind good of for you. I am. Well, good for you. Well, why don't we wrap this up then? I think we've uh, we've had a very interesting show. We've had a we've had a great um, get interview get on our show with Kirsten. I know we would have both we would have wanted to have had more time with her to uh, to give her our typical four hour interview treatment that Bruce is has is become accustomed to. But uh, yeah, I guess you need we... to know what to expect to really uh, you know be ready for it. Right. She needs to put a whole weekend aside for us to to go through this stuff. But yep. Again, we we certainly appreciate it, and it's great to have an Adamson on the show. It kind of brings the show around full circle in a way. So it's yeah. it's really cool. It's exciting. And now but, we just need a butler. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hopefully, we can get a butler at some point. But all the best to Kirsten with the album. And again, if you haven't bought it, please buy it. Not just because she's Kirsten Adamson, but because it's a great album, in my opinion. And uh, I know a lot of other people share that opinion. So mm-hmm. go get it. And if you're in the UK, go see her. And uh, whether she comes to my neck of the woods or Swines, we shall see. But I certainly would like to see her. Everything I've seen live on YouTube um, would suggest that she's a, she's a great live performer as well. So. Mm. so yeah, she's, she's definitely experienced on that circuit too, even though this yeah. is her debut album. She knows her way around the stage. No doubt about it. You can tell. Mm. So again, you know, we we apologize for the length of time between shows. I guess we're tired of apologizing for it. It is what it is. <laughs> we do the best we can. But hopefully, this show was was something interesting to everyone. And we'll be back probably sooner than you think. We've got uh, we've got the holidays coming up, so you know what that means. Uh oh. <laughs> it's time for everybody to call in and say have at you Tom again isn't it it is yeah that's, yeah that's, something like that let's do that we'll get that done in December so uh, that that's something and 2015 perhaps was destined to be a bit of a lull after especially the frenzy end of uh, 2014 I'm not surprised we kind of took a break with that and various projects and, and things and we'll talk more about that in the Yuletide happened but uh, we're still here we're not going away. A couple of people have even requested a new show on the Facebook page. So that's yeah. our goal. When, when we see enough of that, we know it might be time to come back. So if we don't see it, then over here is people saying, oh, we haven't caught up on the old shows yet. I'm still on number 12 or whatever. <laughs> We're thinking, okay, <laughs> we, we can probably take an extended vacation here and they won't miss us. Yeah, that always makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you still have plenty of product out there. <laughs> right. But And also with... Uh, being on episode 12, I know that we got better than that. So, um, you know, you still have a lot of better stuff than what you're used to, to, to look forward to. So good on you guys. But, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's fine. I'm sorry you couldn't make most of this interview, but I'm glad you got to join in at the end. And, um, yeah, it'll Come be in and mess it all up and, blather about it recapping everything one more time yeah for all you guys out there i'm sure that will be thrilling but that tell me what i have missed yeah now you must tell me everything (laughs) but hey it'll just be me and you on the next show it will so we can discuss uh the reaction to this and whatever else comes to our warped minds 
We'll see. So in the meantime, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for bearing with us as usual. Please check us out on Facebook. Look for the Great Divide Podcast. Send us an email, bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com. Check out my music if you get a chance, Thomas Kirchable Music uh, on Facebook, or actually Kirch Music, K-E-R-C-H music.com will take you to that page. And we will talk to you much sooner than uh, what it took for us to come to you for this episode. So stay tuned, stay alive, and all that great stuff, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Baba. Baba? You want your Baba? Baba. Baba. <laughs> Swine baba, eats his baba. Baba, baba O'Reilly. I'm getting you warm. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's a there's a quote for the end of the show. <laughs> I'm not keen on the fade outs. I don't know why. I mean yeah, I, 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 I understand why people do it, but I just, I don't know, I just, I, yeah, I just, I don't think I could.